This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Thoughts and Talks with Tishni. My name is Tishni De Silva and I'll be your host for this mini-series. On Thoughts and Talks with Tishni, each week we'll talk to a different guest about their experience and their perspective on COVID-19. A huge thanks goes to ORFM Dunedin for giving me this opportunity. So when I first started exploring ideas for my talk show, I narrowed my theme to who have been impacted by COVID and struggled to get back to their feet. I didn't have much luck finding people, so I broadened the question to people's experience and perspectives during COVID. But one day I was riding on Uber and I and the driver and I were chatting and I asked him if he knew anyone who had been impacted. And after thinking, he gave me the number and the name of our guest today. So shout out to Gary for making this episode possible. Anyway, a lot of businesses got affected and today's guest will talk about his experience and perspective being a restaurant owner. So welcome to the show, Jason Liu. Thank Hi, you. Doing? Thank you for joining me today. No worries. <laughs> So why don't you just introduce yourself, what you do, name of your restaurant. Okay, so my name is Jason. So I'm in the hospitality and tourism industry. So I operate a restaurant called Impression Restaurant located at the Crown Mill Building at Two Manor Place in Dunedin. I use, my father used to own a restaurant. So I've personally worked in a restaurant industry myself most of my life. So... My wife got pregnant in 2012, and I used to work at the casino. So I couldn't no longer do night shift anymore because mostly it's night shift at the casino. So I left the job, and then we decided, let's start up a business. And we were thinking, what should we do? So we decided to um, open up a restaurant in 2013 because that's what we know the best. So that was our first restaurant when we opened it was called Shangri-La, out in South Dunedin. And how long have you been working at Impression for? So the current restaurant, I've been there for three years. And I've been in the restaurant business right now for about eight years in total at the moment. So business is not so good at the moment with the mm-hmm. COVID-19. I mean, yeah. there's so much uncertainty compared to pre-COVID. Business is still down at the moment. Yeah. What decide? What made you decide to um, be a restaurant owner at Impression? To be a restaurant owner, well, I'm, I personally like to be more flexible. Right. So I, I don't like to be stuck in a job, you know, eight, out, eight hours a day, and I'm always travelling as well. So there's so much. There's only so much time that I can take off each year mm-hmm. to travel or things that might turn up that I can get leave. And then it's it's just more easy and more flexible for me to take care of my family. So, and as I said, restaurant business is what I know best. So, yeah, so that's why I started a restaurant. And the other reason is me and my wife, we love to eat. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's one of the main reasons. So, and sometimes going out, you know, it's hard choice. You know, you don't know what to choose to eat. So, you know, having your own restaurant, you can just go, Hey, chef, can you make me something that's not on the menu? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was one of our main purpose. And talking about what food you like to eat, what kind of food do you serve at Impression? So Impression, we are the only restaurant in Dunedin that's specialising in northern and Sichuan Chinese cuisine. So okay. it's more about the peppercorn, chilli, the spices. So, I mean, 
it's pretty unique to Dunedin because no one else, no other Chinese restaurant is specialising in this specific type of cuisine. Really? And because I've been here in Dunedin for 25 years, um, I've eaten all the Chinese restaurants in town. Yeah. Uh, I mean, most of the res- Western restaurants in town as well. And it, because Dunedin is, because the climate is pretty cold yep. compared to other parts of New Zealand. And I think like Sichuan cuisine is really suitable um, suitable for Dunedin climate because mm-hmm. that chilli just gives you another enough kick to warm you up, but it's not going to be overpowering spicy. Right. So, yeah. I haven't been, but I'm definitely going to go afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> and talking about COVID, yeah. how many employees did you have before COVID happened? How many employees do I have? So I've got one, two, three, four, five, eight total. Eight total. total. Yeah. And how many chefs? Are they all chefs? Or? So I've got three chefs, two kitchen hands, uh, one manager, and two front of okay. waiter and waitress. And what... What did they have to do during COVID? Well, we, we keep all our employees, so we don't make any redundancies oh, or good. anything. Good. So, but we what we did was that we reduced the wages um, down to eighty okay. percent of their normal wages. I mean, it, this there was no income coming in for a period of a month and a half. Yeah. So I mean, it's we could have just paid them the wage subsidy from the government mm. that was provided, but. It was, it, it was never going to be enough for them to, you know, um, get by. Yeah. I mean, with mortgages, loans, and families and stuff like yeah. 585, 585.50 per employee, and then that's before tax, and you still got to cut the tax from it. Uh, and then that yeah. brings it down to just over $500 per week. I mean, they're not going to survive. So I yeah. think like the best was to keep them at 80% just to get by. Oh, wow. Yeah. And what, like the food is international, right? You it's international. To, you need to exp- import them from export them, import them from China. No, no, no. Um, most of our ingredients are sourced in New Zealand locally right. as well. Right. Um, the only thing that we probably source from China is some specific type of spices um, with a high, higher quality that we can't get in New Zealand. But all other ingredients is sourced in Dunedin locally. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, cool. Um, and how long did you wait until you have to open back? Um, well, after the first, well, once they announced that we're going back to level three, yeah, um, it took us two and a half, nearly three days to restock, reprep. So three days to reopen for level three. Yeah, yeah. And how is it doing now? Level three. When, when we got to level three, or right now? Now, right now. Compared to level three. Compared to level three, I mean, of course, it's a way better. Yeah, a, a lot better. I mean, level three, you're only allowed deliveries or takeaways. You know, no dining customers. This, yeah. so it's way much better. I mean, at least fifty percent better than level three. That's really stage. good. Yeah. yeah. Is it back to normal? Like mm. no. Back to normal? No. Really? No. No. It's. It's way beyond normal still. I mean, we are still down quite a bit compared to what we normally do, of the turnover that we do right now. But we're lucky enough that we're not losing money. Yeah. Um, just enough to offset, you know, all the bills, the wages, because I've paid um, all the employees are back to their normal wages right now. So as long as the business is not losing money, 
and I don't have to personally inject money into the business, oh, that's when we started paying back um, our employees for you know the normal wages. So business, how would I say, level three, we only allow delivery, so there's only so much customer per day of mm. limit of how much you can do. And mm-hmm. it's, it's just different from dining in and delivery orders. So, so you couldn't dine in and on the, level three? No, you were not allowed to dine in level three, only deliveries. Deliveries. And yeah. how was that um, in the restaurant? Like, was it social distancing while cooking the meals? Yes. Yeah. So how, how how hard was that? It, it, it was pretty difficult because, yeah. like, our kitchen is not massive. Right. You know, it, it's pretty standard kitchen as well. Normally, you know, we've got Chinese restaurant. We have like what burners? That's you know one against another. Yeah. So usually we have like four watt burners going, but right now we like during level three we were only allowed two watt burners. Right. And then the kitchen hand has to prep on that one section. So. Once he prepped this food, he has to wait for the chef to go away, and then he has to chuck it over, and then yeah. he's coming back and forth. It's, it, it slows things down quite a bit. Yeah, it's pretty pretty difficult to handle. And how long did that go for? Uh, level three. I don't think we were in level three for that long. Uh, for a week. Okay. Yeah, and then once we got back to level two, yeah, that's when we allowed customer to dine in the okay. restaurant. Yeah, but table settings and everything has to be separated yeah. for social distancing so normally we can sit up to 100 people yeah. we have to bring that down to 50 people um, and the turnover of tables is much slower um, the working like process is so much different because yeah. we're going to sanitise every table, every chair you know, the doors anything someone touches basically yeah. you've got to sanitize it so normally it will take about two or three minutes to wipe down the table yeah right now we probably have to use about five or eight minutes to wipe down a table to wipe down a table because like first you've got to wipe it down with clear water you know the right. scraps and everything yeah then you've got to spray san- sanitizer yeah or soap first and you wipe it down and you wipe that down then you use another hot cloth to wipe it down again and then we sanitize the table yeah Again, so the process is much longer, and the dishes during level two, we have to put the dishes through the dishwasher twice, just to make sure everything's sterilized properly. Yeah, yeah. I know some business businesses didn't open until level one. Yeah, but you opened in level three. Yes. And how was business your business then? Like, did people order? Well, there was quite. There was actually quite a lot of people, you know, ordering, ordering. during level three. I mean, I guess everyone's just like. I'm craving for food. Yeah. You know, I'm craving for food. Yeah. So it, it was like an up and down. You yeah. get a good day. When the first day that we opened during level three, the business was actually quite good because everyone was just like, can't wait to get food. Yeah. And then the second day was really quiet. And then it's, it's like a roller coaster. It's, yeah. It's, it's unpredictable. But, you know, we were managed to get some income back, and, you know, to offset some bills, you know. Because during the lockdown, for one and, one and a half months, you know, re- rental still has to be paid, insurance still has to be paid, wages are still, we're still paying our wages, you know, suppliers directed, but people, like all the suppliers, contractors, you know, companies, they're still taking money from you. But as a restaurant business, without opening, we can't have cash flow, so own, money is only going out. 
but no money is coming in. Yeah. So it was pretty difficult. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Who was your biggest support network during this? Financially. Financially? Yeah. <laughs> Our family, friends. Oh, wow, yeah. I mean, you know, generally you would, you would think, you know, during these times, bank will be really helpful. Yeah. But no, the no. bank was not helpful at all. Any banks or...? Oh, I'm not going to name banks. I mean, um... Because when, when the government announced that, you know, bank was offering, you know, loans yeah. guaranteed, guaranteed yeah. by the government, yeah. you know, that the government will be, you know, the guarantor of that loan. Yeah. So I phoned in and I inquired about it. So I wasn't going to get one, but I wanted to find out if I had, was to go into that situation where I needed the loan, what is the process, can I get it? And basically, when I called them in, they said, "No, you won't. You will not be successful in your application." I was like, "Then, what? What's the deal here?" I was like, "Because you're in the restaurant business, we're uncertain whether you can pay the money back." And then I said, oh. and then I asked them, "Then, then what type of business is eligible for this loan?" So basically, they gave me an, an example, right? So, for example, this is what exactly they said. If you're in the import business or export business, you have a container that's coming in or going out, which is delayed due to the COVID. But you know, once the container arrives, you're getting your money back. Oh. In that kind of situation, it's you can guarantee us money that you're going to have money coming in in a short period of time. Now, because of tourism industry and hospitality industry, yeah. it's so much uncertainty in the bank. That's just basically what they said to me. So oh, wow. the bank wasn't wasn't much of a help. Yeah. So. My goodness. And, and then this another thing is that one of my friends, who was also in the hospitality and tourism industry, they were pre-approved for a loan at one of five finance, like one of the smaller banks or something, and they were going to settle up during lockdown, and just before lockdown. Well, because the lockdown came in pretty sudden. It was announced on a Wednesday, a Tuesday, and then we went into level three on a Wednesday, and then lockdown on a Thursday. Yeah. And then on that day before we went into lockdown, basically, my, the mortgage broker had called my friend and said, the, uh, the lender has pulled out. Oh, wow. Just, just like that, without an explanation. It was pre-approved. Yeah. You know, and then they just said, we're pulling out, we're not going to lend you, we're, we're stop lending. My friend was put in a very, very bad situation. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, so. Yeah, so, I mean, personally, bank wasn't much help for business either, especially if you're in the hospitality or tourism industry. Yeah. I mean, RD, the government, the wage subsidy did help, you know, in paying the wages to the employees, but there wasn't much help for the core of the business. So the business is the money was still going out. Yeah, I mean it's it's just helped pay the wages to the employees, but the business owners itself was still suffering. So there was no help to the core of the business owners. Yeah. So I did not know that banks didn't give it out. I was surprised. I mean, yeah. I was just calling into inquiry, and basically yeah. that's what they told me. Oh, they said wow. they, if you can't guarantee that you have money coming in in a short period of time basically the bank would just say no <laughs> that's so unfair I know oh my goodness wow so 
What did you do? Did you do anything financially stable to get by during the lockdown? Well, there's not really much you can do, can you? No. I mean, you, you, <laughs> you're not going anywhere. You, you're not going. You're not paying much for petrol. You're only allowed at home. Yeah. You're not allowed to drive far. The only place you're spending money is the supermarket. So yeah. there's nothing financially that we can do as an employee, as a business owner, because, as I said, other companies are still taking money from your account. There's not much you can really do. Can yeah. You? So we just have to dip into our saving. Oh my gosh. You know, but we're we're lucky that we always put something aside just to, you know, for for emergencies or something do do come up. But yeah. you know, every day you just sit there, don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. How much longer is this is going to take? And you just watch your account just going drain, going down, drain, going down, yeah. going down day by day. Oh yeah. my gosh. That would have been so hard. Like I can't even imagine. Well, so that's why it's sometimes people think business owner, you know, should have enough money. But yeah. Once things goes down like this, it's actually pretty difficult because, like, we're still paying our employees. Yeah. We've got no income coming in. Yeah. Bills are still going out, so it's really hard for business owners. Yeah. I mean, during times like this. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good that you still paid your employees eighty, not eighty percent, but um, paid them. Well, you you can't just think about yourself. I mean, yeah. for the core of the business, the most important f- thing for your business is your employees. Mm. Without them, we're not going to be. We won't be operational today. We can't go back to business during level yeah, three. Yeah. I mean, as long as we can still support it, I mean, because they work there. But, but off yeah, yeah. for us yeah. I mean at times of this at the most that we can do at least you know we think okay at least we think the wages that with the 80% we're paying them is enough for them to cover all the expenses and not have to go into their own savings so yeah, yeah. Um, before you were talking about tourism yeah. you were involved in tourism yes I'm also in the tourism industry can you tell me more about that Oh, tourism industry. I mean, I guess since March when they first, uh, February when they announced the close of border, basically tourism just went down. <laughs> just went down. Yeah. You know, I've a lot of people asking, so are you still doing your tourism ministry? But I just said, what tourism? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no tourism at the moment. Without the border opening, without, you know, when people still coming in and they still have to be quarantined for two weeks you're not going to get tourism going again. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of tour operators in China, companies that I work with, you know, local op- Chinese operators, um, coach companies. They basically said to me, we're thinking of changing bus- um, business opportunities because they, like people that has coaches, right? They're basically too much of a loan. All the buses just sitting there. We can't pay a loan, so it's better just to sell off all the assets. I mean, and then think of something else. And once the border reopens, then they look into reopening up the business again. I mean, at this stage here, nothing you can do. Nothing you can do. Oh wow! Yeah. If you could turn back time to 2019, what would you have done differently? Done differently. Mm-hmm. I guess not Saved much. Up more? <laughs> no, there's no? not much dumpling. Once you're in lockdown, you can't run your business. It really isn't much you can do. Yeah. There's there's really not much. I mean, lockdown. Well, I mean, 2019. So last year, if you last would year, do something, no. 
differently? No, definitely. Lee, no, there's no. not much. I mean, business still runs as usual. I mean, I was happy with the business back in 2019. Everything was running good. Mm. You know, no, all our plans and everything were, was, you know, is on the right track. Yeah, yeah. But since the COVID-19, everything just went downhill because mm. we had, um, we were in the planning stages of opening up another restaurant. Oh, cool. In Christchurch. In Christchurch, wow. But everything has to be put on hold as well. Yeah. Like, we were. We also had planned to open up a noodle bar in our current restaurant. That has to be put on hold because with the border and everything closed, we can't hire any chefs from China. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not because I don't want to hire locally. It's because this Chinese cuisine is really, really complicated cuisine. It takes years and years training before you're even recognised as a chef. So, for example... The most popular dish that we have in the restaurant right now is Peking duck. Have you had that before? No, I haven't. Okay. Now, <laughs> just that specific dish, for a chef to be recognised as a Peking duck chef just to roast a duck in China, yeah. you need five years of training. Wow. Just to master that one dish. So that's why it, it's with the border closed, it has put a lot of, you know, plans on hold because we were supposed to get another chef from China that's going to be doing our noodles like actually handmade noodles on site and then fresh dumplings and different type of Chinese cuisine that is not in Dunedin that we want to introduce to people in Dunedin yeah so and my last question is, we're running out of time, that's yeah. why. Um, in, in your opinion, um, when this pandemic comes to a close, if there's another pandemic in the future, what kind of steps would you do as a business owner? Well, for me, yeah. invest in mm. your own ordering app. Mm-hmm. And also uh, develop your own delivering system. Rather than relying on a third party like Uber Eats, like Uber Eats deliveries, yeah, deliveries in places yeah. like that, they're charging you twenty to thirty percent of commission, right? Plus GST. So what we've done is that with your own delivery system, you can you're not just helping your own business, but also you're providing opportunity uh, for your part time staff or friends or you know others that's in need um, during a level three where you know, when only delivery is allowed. So, for example, you charge a customer a $5 delivery fee, well, delivery fee, and then on top of that, you can add additional $2 or $5, depending how much that order is that the person is delivering, and then just pay that directly to the person who's doing delivery for you. It's it's way better than giving away the 20 to 30% to a third party. Yeah. I mean, it's a win-win situation both for the business and and someone that's in need. Like, for example, during level three, we're we're sending away 30 to 40 orders a day. I asked, we found three people that was willing to do our deliveries for us. And then you split that evenly. They made almost $100 a day. Wow. So... Because generally people ordering a Uber Eat and other platforms, they're paying delivery fee on top of what they ordered anyway. And also, generally, there's a markup on the prices for the food, like by the restaurants, to offset the, the commission rate. So, okay, let me correct myself. It's a three-way win situation. Customer are paying cheaper. The business is losing less profit. 
and then it's cheaper for the customers and you're creating opportunity for those that's actually in need of yeah. Sorry, we're running out of time, Jason. <laughs> I have right. so much more sh- questions, but sorry about that. Thank you for coming. No, I appreciate right. it so much. Guys, go and check out Impression at Mainer. Thank you guys for listening um, for, to the third episode of Thoughts and Talks with Tishney. Um, check out, tune in for next week, and goodbye for now. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.